Welcome to On Fire. This is the On Fire podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Allen. I want to start by uh, reading this um, parable to you by uh, then-President Dieter F. Uchtdorf uh, that is going to illustrate what I want to talk about. He said this, There once was a man whose lifelong dream was to board a cruise ship and sail the Mediterranean Sea. He dreamed of walking the steps, or walking the streets of Rome, Athens, and Istanbul. He saved every penny until he had enough for his passage. Since money was tight, he bought an extra. He brought an extra suitcase filled with cans of beans, boxes of crackers, and bags of powdered lemonade, and that is what he lived on every day. He would have loved to take part in the many activities offered on the ship: working out in the gym, playing miniature golf, and swimming in the pool. He envied those who went to movies, shows, and cultural presentations. And oh, how he yearned for only a taste of the amazing food he saw on the ship. Every meal appeared to be a feast, but the man wanted to spend so very little money that he didn't participate in any of these. He was able to see the cities he had longed to visit, but for most, the most part of the journey, he stayed in his cabin and ate only his humble food. On the last day of the cruise, a crew member asked him which of the farewell parties he would be attending. It was then that the man learned that not only the farewell party, but almost everything on board the cruise ship, the food, the entertainment, all the activities, had been included in the price of his ticket. Too late, the man realized that he had been living far beneath his privileges. The question this parable raises is, are we as priesthood holders living below our privileges when it comes to the sacred power, gifts, and blessings that are our opportunity and right as bearers of God's priesthood? Let me pause there for a second and just um, just say that I, I, you sisters, I hope that you will continue to listen. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about has to do with with the priesthood, and a lot of the the quotes are from uh, from priesthood sessions of conference. But do not think that this does not apply to you. Um, the priesthood is not uh, the the brethren who hold a priesthood office. Uh, the priesthood is is God's power, and it pertains uh, to you as much as as anyone. So please continue, and and don't uh, be scared off by by that topic. Um, let me continue with with President Uchtdorf's, Uchtdorf's words here. He said, "We all know that the priesthood is much more than just a name or title. The prophet Joseph taught that the priesthood is an everlasting principle, and existed with God from eternity to eternity." Without beginning of days or end of years, it holds even the key of the knowledge of God. In fact, through the priesthood, the very power of godliness is manifest. The blessings of the priesthood, of the priesthood transcend our ability to comprehend. Faithful Melchizedek priesthood holders can become the elect of God. They are sanctified by the Spirit unto the renewing of their bodies, and can ultimately receive all that the Father hath. This may be hard to comprehend, but it is beautiful, and I testify that it is true. The fact that our Heavenly Father would entrust this power and responsibility to man is evidence of his great love for us and a foreshadowing of our potential as sons of God in the hereafter. Nevertheless, too often our actions suggest that we live far beneath this potential. When asked about the priesthood, many of us can recite a correct definition, but in our daily lives there may, there may be little evidence that our understanding goes beyond the level of a rehearsed script. Brethren, we are faced with a choice. We can be satisfied with a diminished experience as priesthood bearers and settle for experiences far below our privileges. Or we can partake of an abundant feast of spiritual opportunity and universal priesthood blessings. That was from uh, the talk called Your Potential, Your Privilege, 
from April of 2011. Uh, and I want to talk about this a little bit with, with all of you. Um, the days that we are living in uh, are, uh, it's amazing to me, almost surreal, how fast things are unfolding and, and how things are setting up uh, for, for the end times. And, um, and our prophet, especially President Nelson, has, has been trying to give us a heads up, has been trying to prepare us uh, to take our covenant seriously and to learn how to, uh, how to hear the Holy Ghost and to follow promptings and, and to be taught by the Lord himself. And um, when he says it won't be possible to survive spiritually, like I've said before, that should perk up our ears. And, and uh, he's going to expect a lot of us. And all of this are things that I've gone over in previous podcasts. But I want to talk about uh, about the power of the priesthood. And, and I hope that you uh, have an understanding beyond uh, the basic, uh, I think, what, um, what I hear uh, or the way I hear Aaronic priesthood holders define the priesthood, uh, which would be the authority to act in the name of God. That's not incorrect, but that's not actually what the priesthood is. That is a description of priesthood authority as it pertains to a priesthood office. But the priesthood itself is is God's power, is the means by which he accomplishes all of his work, by which worlds are created and by by which uh, he communicates with us and, and by which all, all things are done. And so his delegation of, of some of these things to us uh, is really amazing and and we it, the power that we can receive is is most certainly uh, as Rush Limbaugh would say on loan from God uh, in this case it's not talent it's it's power um, let me give you an example of, of that power and, and some of what is possible uh, this was one of President Monson's last talks and this is almost the whole talk he was uh, he was frail by this time this is called a sacred trust April of 2016 um, but this is a powerful experience that he relates. So President Monson said this, quote, We read in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 121, verse 36, the rights of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven. What a wonderful gift we have been given. Ours is the responsibility to guard and protect that priesthood and to be worthy of all the glorious blessings our Father in heaven has in store for us and for others through us. Wherever you go, your priesthood goes with you. Are you standing in holy places? Again, let me pause to say this is this applies to you sisters, especially those who have made covenants uh, and who have, have been endowed uh, in, in the temple. Your, the endowment is an endowment of power, and that power is priesthood power. Uh, so please uh, consider yourselves included in, in these statements, uh, aside from the things that are specific uh, to an office or, or to a duty that, per, that per, uh, pertains to uh, the the order of the priesthood that, that governs the church. Okay, back to President Monson. He said, um, let's see, before you put yourself and your priesthood in jeopardy by venturing into places or participating in activities which are not worthy of you or of that priesthood, pause to consider the consequences. Remember who you are and what God expects you to become. You are a child of promise. You are a man of might. You are a son of God. This precious gift of priesthood power brings with it not only solemn responsibilities, but also special blessings for ourselves and for others. May we, in whatever place we may find ourselves, always be worthy to call upon its power, for we never know when, the, when our need and our opportunity to do so may come. Okay, so that's the important counsel uh, to, um, 
whatever place we may find ourselves in, always be worthy to call upon the power of the priesthood. We don't know when we might need it. Then he's going to relate this experience of a friend. During World War II, a friend of mine was serving in the South Pacific when his plane was shot down over the ocean. He and the other crew members successfully parachuted from the burning plane, inflated their life rafts, and clung to those rafts for three days. On the third day, they spotted what they knew to be a rescue vessel. It passed them by. The next morning, it passed them by again. They began to despair as they realized that this was the last day the rescue vessel would be in the area. Then the Holy, Go then the Holy Spirit spoke to my friend, You have the priesthood. Command the rescuers to pick you up. He did as prompted. In the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the priesthood, turn about and pick us up. Within a few minutes, the vessel was beside them, helping them on deck. A faithful and worthy bearer of the priesthood in his extremity had exercised that priesthood, blessing his life and the lives of others. May we determine here and now ever to be prepared for our time of need, our time of service, our time of blessing. That's the end of that quote. I love that. That's that's a miracle and, and not one that would have been widely known uh, just maybe to those who, who were on those life rafts whose lives were saved. And the important part there is that he was guided by the Holy Ghost uh, to do that. We can't always, uh, for our own interests, command things to happen, command the elements or command people. Uh, it's, it is the Lord's power, but we need to be sensitive so we can hear it and then obey it and have the faith to make things happen. Um, and in that case, it saved saved some lives. Um, I love this message from President Nelson. This is from a few years ago. Uh, he shared this, uh, The Price of Priesthood Power is the name of this talk uh, from April of 2016. Uh, same talk, I think it was in the same, uh, maybe the same session or, or at least the same conference as the last one from President Monson. But President Nelson taught this, quote, Recently, Wendy and I were in a meeting where the organist was poised and ready to play the opening hymn. His eyes were on the music, his fingers were on the keys. He began pressing the keys, but there was no sound. I whispered to Wendy, he has no power. I reasoned that something had stopped the flow of electrical power to that organ. Well, the brethren, in like manner, well, brethren, in like manner, I fear that there are too many men who have been given the authority of the priesthood, but who lack priesthood power because the flow of power has been blocked by sins such as laziness, dishonesty, pride, immorality, or preoccupation with things of the world. Let me pause there because that's, uh, that's interesting, the things that he, that he lists. So the, the, even holding the authority of the priesthood, but having power blocked, he mentions these sins. And some of these are not, are not grievous sins. They're not uh, what we might call telestial sins. They're, some of them are, are terrestrial sins. They're, they're, they're things that are not, not necessarily bad in, in and of themselves, but are, uh, but are not, they're not good. Like the first one he mentions is laziness. Um, some of us like to seek our own entertainment and, and watch a lot of sports or, um, movies or TV shows or, or just, uh, seek to entertain ourselves and, and rather than doing the Lord's work. Um, and then things like dishonesty and pride and immorality, those are things that we would more readily uh, define as sins. And then preoccupation with things of the world. So our preoccupation with um, with having a bigger, nicer house or, um, or an expensive car or whatever it might be, uh, 
that can block priesthood power if, if we're preoccupied with those things or with the praise of the world, with um, with being recognized for uh, our our success in our occupation or uh, or our, our talents or something else. So those are some things to consider. Uh, I'll continue here with President Nelson's uh, message. He said, I fear that there are too many priesthood bearers who have done little or nothing to develop their ability to access the powers of heaven. I worry about all who are impure in their thoughts, feelings, or actions, or who demean their wives or their wives or children, thereby cutting off priesthood power. I fear that too many have sadly surrendered their agency to the adversary and are saying by their conduct, I care more about satisfying my own desires than I do about bearing the Savior's power to bless others. I urgently plead with each one of us to live up to our privileges as bearers of the priesthood. Listen carefully. In a coming day, only those men who have taken their priesthood seriously by diligently seeking to be taught by the Lord himself will be able to bless, guide, protect, strengthen, and heal others. Only a man who has paid the price for priesthood power will be able to bring miracles to those he loves and keep his marriage and family safe now and throughout eternity. That bears repeating because this day is upon us, brethren and sisters, in a coming day, only those men who have taken their priesthood seriously by, and this is how, by diligently seeking to be taught by the Lord himself. Well, what does that mean? What, how, how are we taught by the Lord himself? Well, that, a lot of that is, is our responsibility. We're, we're to ask him to teach us. We're, we're to ask that in prayer. Ask him to teach us how to pray and what to pray for. And, and then we listen, we recognize the Holy Spirit as as we're prompted to do things and to say things and to be in places and we obey those things. Uh, the Lord teaches us through uh, through the Spirit and through experience. Uh, and and it's important that we seek it. And that's what he said. We diligently seek to be taught by the Lord himself. So it will only be those people who have, who have done this um, who will be able to... Um, he says, bless, guide, protect, strengthen, and heal others. Only a man who has paid the price for priesthood power will be able to bring miracles to those he loves and keep his family and marriage safe. Uh, there will be miracles. There will be a lot of miracles and powerful miracles uh, in the time to come. And those will be done through us. Through That will be done through uh, those who are faithful to the Lord and who are prepared. And I hope that is I hope that is you and me. Okay, going on here, he said, How else can we increase our power in the priesthood? We need to pray from our hearts. Polite recitations of past and upcoming activities, punctuated with some requests for blessings, cannot constitute the kind of communing with God that brings enduring power. Okay, our regular prayers, and, and, and this is something I need to work on as well, um, polite recitations of past and upcoming activities, punctuated with some requests for blessings that's not that's not enough and that doesn't constitute the kind of communing with god that brings enduring power is what he said are you and and some that some of us are like well how does that work what do we how do i pray differently how can i commune with, with god and and like i said a, a few minutes ago um we we ask him and that's exactly what president nelson says here he says are you willing to pray to know how to pray for more power the Lord will teach you. That seems counterintuitive, but we pray to know how to pray for more power. 
Uh, I invite you to do that, all of you to do that. Pray to know how to pray for more power. Ask him to teach you how to pray and how to commune with him. Going on here. Are you willing to search the scriptures and feast on the words of Christ? To study earnestly in order to have more power. If you want to see your wife's heart melt, let her find you on the internet studying the doctrine of Christ or reading your scriptures. Are you willing to worship in the temple regularly? The Lord loves to do his own teaching in his holy house. Okay, so that's an important thing. Uh, get to the temple uh, and and be there as often as you can. For some of you, that's not it's not often. I understand. Uh, and and in that case, you uh, you think about the temple and you review uh, your covenants and you you meditate and think about uh, the 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 words spoken in uh, in the endowment and in the ceiling and in the initiatory and uh, and have temple experiences in your in your home or wherever you are the best that you can but if you can get to the temple you need to be there and the lord like he said the lord loves to do his own teaching in his holy house going on imagine how pleased he would be if you asked him to teach you about priesthood keys authority and power as you experience the ordinances of the melchizedek priesthood in the holy temple imagine the increase in priesthood power that could be yours now, if all of this sounds excessive, please consider how different our relationships with our wife, children, and associates at work would be if we were as concerned about gaining priesthood power as we are in progressing at work or increasing the balance in our bank account. If we will humbly present ourselves before the Lord and ask him to teach us, he will show us how to increase our access to his power. In these latter days, we know there will be earthquakes in diverse places. Perhaps one of those diverse places will be in our own homes where emotional, financial, or spiritual earthquakes may occur. Priesthood power can, all, can calm the seas and heal fractures in the earth. Priesthood power can also calm the minds and heal fractures in the hearts of those that we love. And I like how he put those both together, that there are some, uh, some physical things uh, that, that will occur and that do occur, and then there are spiritual things that, uh, that mirror those that, that, uh, that they're symbolic of, and the priesthood applies to both. May each one of us rise up as the man God foreordained us to be, ready to bear the priesthood of God bravely, eager to pay whatever price is required to increase his power in the priesthood. With that power, we can help prepare the world for the second coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the end of that quote. Um, there's, you're going to see a trend here. Um, and some of these, these talks are, are a few years old. Um, but the brethren were, were trying to, especially between uh, 2016 and 2019, uh, there was a lot of preparation um, to, to help us to not be deceived and to have power uh, because, because things were about to start going downhill, and, and they have and they will, and, and we need this power. That's, that's why I'm giving you this message. I feel like, uh, like we, need to, we need to wake up. And, and prepare ourselves to do more and to be more than what we've been uh, so that we can successfully navigate the last days. And each of us was prepared for this and, uh, and, and not sent here by mistake, but we, uh, we can forfeit the blessings that are available to us if, we, uh, if we're asleep at the wheel, if, if, we are, uh, if we're lazy or if we're distracted, if we're preoccupied, uh, that priesthood power is cut off. And so I hope that we'll give that some, some thought. Um, and and the power that, that the priesthood uh, is capable of is is immense, uh, and and I I love this message from 
uh, from President Henry B. Eyring, um, and this is this was from the the year after what I just uh, quoted that message from President Nelson. Walk with me, April 2017. Uh, President Eyring said this quote: "Perhaps you have come to this conference as this young man went to the Savior." He was talking about uh, what more lack or what lack I yet I believe, wondering whether your service has been acceptable. Um, I can't remember the context there, sorry. But anyway, continuing here, he says, and at that, at the same time, you may sense that there is more to do, perhaps much more. I pray that I may be able to convey the Lord's loving approval for what you have already done, while also offering an encouraging, while also offering an encouraging glimpse of what you may, with His help, yet achieve as a holder of His holy priesthood. Even those who can recite a reasonable definition may not truly understand it. There are some scriptures that, through the power of the Spirit they carry, can deepen our sense of awe regarding the Holy Priesthood. Here are some of those scriptures. The power and authority of the Melchizedek Priesthood is to hold the keys of all the spiritual blessings of the Church, to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the Kingdom of Heaven, to have the heavens opened unto them, to commune with the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn and to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus the Mediator of the New Covenant. The power and authority of the Aaronic Priesthood is to hold the keys of the ministering of angels. And that's from Doctrine and Covenants uh, 107. Um, those are those are big-time uh, privileges, receiving the mysteries um, and, and uh, the keys to all the spiritual blessings of the Church, uh, to have the heavens open, so that's to, to see... Uh, in open vision or to actually be present to com- in heavenly visions. Uh, the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn, if you if you remember, um, I talked about that in uh, uh, maybe Seek My Face, that episode. Um, but that is those who are destined for uh, for celestial glory are uh, that that inside group, the the Church of the Firstborn. It's not the same thing as the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints. Uh, anyway, so you, the priesthood has the, the power to commune with that church. Those, those who, probably those who belong to it, who are uh, past this life, and and to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus, the Mediator of the New Covenant. And it's not uh, limiting that to after death either. Okay, and then the the Aaronic priesthood holds the keys of the ministering of angels. So. Uh, Angels uh, can can minister to us, and and that is a uh, a key of of the Aaronic priesthood. Okay, going on here uh, in the ordinances of the priesthood, the power of godliness is manifest. For without this, no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. That's from section eighty four. Uh, this is from Alma thirteen. The high priesthood is after the order of God's Son, which order was from the foundation of the world. Or in other words, being without beginning of days or end of years, being prepared from eternity to all eternity according to his foreknowledge of all things. And then I love this one. This is from um, from the Joseph Smith translation of, of Genesis. Uh, this is in the Bible appendix if you want to look for this. Uh, but it says this, Everyone being ordained after this order and calling should have power by faith to break mountains, to divide the seas, to dry up waters, to turn them out of their course, to put at defiance the armies of nations, to divide the earth, to break every band, to stand in the presence of God, to do all things according to his will, according to his command, subdue principalities and powers, and by the will of the Son of God, which was 
sorry, and, and this by the will of the Son of God, which was from before the foundation of the world. Then going on with President uh, Eyring's message here, he said, One way to respond to such awe-inspiring descriptions of the power of the priesthood is to assume that they do not apply to us. Another way to respond is with soul-searching questions asked in our own hearts, such as these, Have I ever felt that the heavens have been opened to me? Would anyone use the phrase ministering of angels to describe my priesthood service? Do I bring the power of godliness into the lives of those I serve? Have I ever broken a mountain, defied an army, broken someone's bands, or subdued worldly powers, even if only figuratively, in order to accomplish God's will? Such introspection always brings a feeling that we could be doing more in the service of the Lord. I hope it also brings you a feeling that what that you want to do more, a longing to participate more fully in the Lord's miraculous work. Such feelings are the first step toward becoming the kind of men that priesthood service is meant to produce. Brethren, our ordination to the priesthood is an invitation from the Lord to walk with him. And what does it mean to walk with the Lord? It means to do what he does, to serve the way he serves. He sacrificed his own comforts to bless those in need. So that's what we try to do. Close quote. Um, I think there are, uh, again, a lot of mentions of... of um, of the brethren and and council, but but please again, sister, stick with me, uh, because this is this is for you as well. Um, and let me let me just mention this, um, and some of this has to do with you sisters as well. And, and this message from President Oaks, uh, and this is from the 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 next year, uh, a year from the last one, April of 2018. So we're getting uh, each year these are building on each other. Um, these powerful priesthood messages. But President Oak said this, quote, Brethren, our responsibilities as holders of the priesthood are serious matters. Other organizations can be satisfied with worldly standards of performance in delivering their messages and performing their other functions. But we who hold the priesthood of God have the divine power that even governs entrance into the celestial kingdom of God. We have the purpose and the responsibility the Lord defined in the revealed preface to the Doctrine and Covenants. We are to proclaim to the world that every man might speak in the name of the Lord, in name of God the Lord, even the Savior of the world, that faith also might increase in the earth, that my everlasting covenant might be established, that the fullness of my gospel might be proclaimed by the weak and the simple unto the ends of the world. To fulfill this divine charge, we must be faithful in magnifying our priesthood callings and responsibilities. President Harold B. Lee explained what it means to magnify the priesthood. When one becomes a holder of the priesthood, he becomes an agent of the Lord. He should think of his calling as though he were on the Lord's errand. That is what it means to magnify the priesthood. I think that is so uh, so crucial to, to recognize. Um, become, being an agent of the Lord, uh, representing the Lord, being on the Lord's errand, um, that should give us confidence and should uh, uh, help to, to bring that power in. Uh, when we look at it, look at what we're asked to do with that perspective. Continuing with President Oak's words. Therefore, brethren, if the Lord himself were to ask you to help one of his sons or daughters, which he has done through his servants, would you do it? And if you did, would you act as his agent on the Lord's errand, relying on his promised help? Up to now, I've been speaking of the functions of the priesthood in the church. Now I will speak of the priesthood in the family. I begin with keys. And, and pay attention to this because... Uh, this is different than than what we sometimes talk to talk about in regards to the priesthood. The principle that priesthood authority can be exercised, the principle that priesthood authority can be exercised only the direction 
of the one, sorry, only under the direction of the one who holds the keys for that function is fundamental in the church, but does not apply to the exercise of priesthood authority in the family. A father who holds the priesthood presides in his family by the authority of the priesthood he holds. He has no need to have the direction or approval of priesthood keys in order to counsel the members of his family, hold family meetings, give priesthood blessings to his wife and children, or give healing blessings to family members or others. If fathers would magnify their priesthood in their own family, it would further the mission of the church as much as anything else they might do. Fathers who hold the Melchizedek priesthood should keep the commandments so they will have the power of the priesthood to give blessings to their family members. Fathers should also cultivate loving family relationships so that family members will want to ask their fathers for blessings. And parents should encourage more priesthood blessings in the family. Fathers function as equal partners of your wives, as the family proclamation teaches. And fathers, when you are privileged to exercise the power and influence of your priesthood authority, do so by persuasion, by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned. That high standard for the exercise of priesthood authority is most important in the family. President Harold B. Lee gave this promise just after he became president of the church. Never is the power of the priesthood which you hold more wonderful than when there is a crisis in your home, a serious illness, or some great decision that has to be made. Vested in the power of the priesthood, which is the power of Almighty God, is the power to perform miracles if the Lord wills it so. But in order for us to use that priesthood, we must be, exor- we must be worthy to exercise it. A failure to understand this principle is a failure to receive the blessings of holding that great priesthood. My beloved brethren, the magnifying of the priesthood you hold is vital to the work of the Lord in your families and in your church callings. Close quote. I, I think um, it was also in this talk where uh, he mentioned that uh, to the sisters. Sisters, if your husband passes away, you would preside in the home. Uh, so that that's important to note, that even if, even if there is uh, maybe a teenage son or a young man living in the home, uh, it is it is the wife that, that and the mother who presides in the home in the absence of of the father who uh, uh, who has that responsibility. Uh, okay, so um, I think there's some great counsel there, um, and also just just to kind of reiterate, uh, let me read something else that President Nelson said. Um, some concerns that he that he has about. Uh, how we might take these things lightly, uh, and and my warning is that we that we don't, and and that all of us uh, will will rise up and will will utilize the the power that's available to us more fully. Um, so this is uh, from the same conference as the last one. Ministering with the power and authority of God, April two thousand eighteen, President Nelson, quote. Now may I voice a concern? It is this. Too many of our brothers and sisters do not fully understand the concept of priesthood power and authority. They act as though they would rather satisfy their own selfish desires and appetites than use the power of God to bless his children. I fear that too many of our brothers and sisters do not grasp the privileges that could be theirs. Some of our brethren, for example, act like they do not understand what the priesthood is and what it enables them to do. Stake presidents and bishops, please ensure that every member of the quorums within your stewardship understands how to give a priesthood blessing, including the personal worthiness and spiritual preparation required to call fully upon the power of God. To all brethren holding the priesthood, I invite you to inspire members to keep their covenants, fast and pray, study the scriptures, worship in the temple, and serve with faith as men and women of God. 
We can help all to see with the eye of faith that obedience and righteousness will draw them closer to Jesus Christ, allow them to enjoy the companionship of the Holy Ghost, and experience joy in life. Brethren, there are doors we can open, priesthood blessings we can give, hearts we can heal, burdens we can lift, testimonies we can strengthen, lives we can save, and joy we can bring into the homes of the Latter-day Saints, all because we hold the priesthood of God. We are the men who have been called and prepared from the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God on account of our exceeding faith to do this work. Tonight I invite you to literally rise up with me in our great eternal brotherhood. When I name your priesthood office, please stand and remain standing. I remember this well. This was neat. Deacons, please arise. Teachers, arise. Priests, bishops, elders, high priests, patriarchs, seventies, apostles, now, brethren, will you please remain standing and join with our chorus in singing all these, all three verses of Rise Up, O Men of God. This is why I'm including this, this part, uh, even though this was instruction to the people that were present. But, uh, but I, love, I love this, this, this hymn that he's chosen, Rise Up, O Men of God. And he says, While you sing, think of your duty as God's mighty army to help prepare the world for the second coming of the Lord. This is our charge. This is our privilege. I so testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Close quote. Uh, you'll notice that he's mentioned that a couple of times. The reason why he's giving this instruction is because of this charge and this privilege as a mighty army to help prepare the world for the second coming of the Lord. That is where President Nelson's focus is. And and that's what ours should be on as well. Um, it's It's really easy to get distracted even though a lot of a lot of the signs of the times are are becoming obvious and uh, and we can see the direction that the world is is heading uh, and things are lining up but it's still very possible and i think the majority unfortunately are still uh somewhat asleep or are distracted and and so we need to awake and arise um one more um let me give you one more a uh, little bit of counsel from President Nelson, and this was uh, from October 2019 Spiritual Treasures, and this is specifically to the sisters. So sisters, please, uh, hopefully you, this isn't the first time you've heard this, but um, but let me remind you of it. President Nelson taught this, quote, How I yearn for you to understand that the restoration of the priesthood is just as relevant to you as a woman as it is to any man. Because the Melchizedek priesthood has been restored, both covenant-keeping women and men have access to all the spiritual blessings of the church. Or we might say to all the spiritual treasures the Lord has for his children. That's very significant, and I hope you believe that. Uh, that for you covenant-keeping women, you have access to all the spiritual blessings of the church. All the spiritual gifts, all the spiritual blessings, or as he says, spiritual treasures are available to you. Continuing, every woman and every man who makes covenants with God and keeps those covenants and who participates worthily in priesthood ordinances has direct access to the power of God. Those who are endowed in the house of the Lord receive a gift of God's priesthood power by virtue of their covenant, along with a gift of knowledge to know how to draw upon that power. The heavens are just as open to women who are endowed with God's power flowing from their priesthood covenants as they are to men who bear the priesthood. Just to reiterate, I want you to understand this and to focus on this. He said, The heavens are just as open to women who are endowed with God's power, flowing from their priesthood covenants, as they are to men who bear the priesthood. I pray 
That, tr that truth will register upon each of your hearts because I believe it will change your life. Sisters, you have the right to draw liberally upon the Savior's power to help your family and others you love. Now you might be saying to yourself, this sounds wonderful, but how do I do it? How do I draw the Savior's power into my life? You won't find this process spelled out in any manual. The Holy Ghost will be your personal tutor as you seek to understand what the Lord would have you know and do. And this is similar to the advice that he gave to the brethren, that, that you need to seek to be taught by the Lord himself. Uh, so the, the Holy Ghost will be your personal tutor. Uh, that's the same thing as the Lord teaching you himself. He teaches through the Holy Ghost and through, uh, through the Holy Spirit or light of Christ teaches us truth. Okay, continuing on, he said, uh, This process is neither quick nor easy, but it is spiritually invigorating. What could possibly be more exciting than to labor with the Spirit to understand God's power, priesthood power? Part of this endeavor will require you to put aside many things of this world. Sometimes we speak almost casually about walking away from the world with its contention, pervasive temptations, and false philosophies, but truly doing so requires you to examine your life meticulously and regularly. As you do so, the Holy Ghost will prompt you about what is no longer needful, what is no longer worthy of your time and energy. As you shift your focus away from worldly distractions, some things that seem important to you now will recede in priority. You will need to say no to some things, even though they may seem harmless. As you embark upon and continue this lifelong process of consecrating your life to the Lord, the changes in your perspective, feelings, and spiritual strength will amaze you. Now, a little word of warning. There are those who would undermine your ability to call upon the power of God. There are some who would have you doubt yourself and minimize your stellar spiritual capacity as a righteous woman. Most certainly, the adversary does not want you to understand the covenant you made at baptism or the profound endowment of knowledge and power you have received or will receive in the temple, the house of the Lord. And Satan certainly does not want you to understand that every time you worthily serve and worship in the temple, you leave armed with God's power and with his angels having charge over you. Satan and his minions will constantly contrive roadblocks to prevent you from understanding the spiritual gifts with which you have, which you have been and can be blessed. My dear sisters, your ability to discern truth from error, to be society's guardians of morality, is crucial in these latter days. And we depend upon you to teach others to do likewise. Let me be very clear about this. If the world loses the moral rectitude of its women, the world will never recover. Whew, that's heavy, sisters. That's a lot of responsibility. We depend on you to teach others to do likewise, to, to be guardians, society's guardians of morality. Um and women historically ha historically have been, I believe, and have been the teachers of children and others, uh, and have kept things together. But if that's and that's a serious thing. If the world loses the moral rectitude of its women, and it is in large part, the world will never recover, and it won't. But that doesn't have to apply uh, to to us. And and I think we'll see in coming days. This is my opinion, but a, a large. A large influx of of people who will flock to uh, the light of the restored gospel because uh, there will be such a stark contrast between light and darkness, and and it's going to come uh, it's going to fall upon a lot of you sisters to to teach and, and to uh, correct a lot of those who are are coming in 
to the gospel and who are, who are coming into the church and making covenants um, and to teach them morality. Uh, continuing here, we Latter-day Saints are not of the world. We are of covenant Israel. We are called to prepare a people for the second coming of the Lord. How many times have we heard that so far uh, in these messages? I think that's at least the third. If you are endowed but not currently married to a man who bears the priesthood and someone says to you, I'm sorry you don't have the priesthood in your home, please understand that that statement is incorrect. You may not have a priesthood bearer in your home, but you have received and made sacred covenants with God in his temple. From those covenants flows an endowment of his priesthood power upon you. Oh, this is where this came from. I, I attributed it to President Oaks, but he said, and remember, if your husband should die, you would preside in your home. So it was President Nelson who taught that. As a righteous and doubt Latter-day Saint woman, you speak and teach with power and authority from God. Whether by exhortation or, con or conversation, we need your voice teaching the doctrine of Christ. We need your input in family, ward, and state councils. Your participation is essential and never ornamental. My dear sisters, your power will increase as you serve others. Your prayers, fasting, time in the scriptures, service in the temple, and family history work will open the heavens to you. Close quote. Now let me just, let me close with this. The, these, uh, hopefully this has given you a, an idea of, of what is possible and what uh, we should each be striving for. Um, and a lot of this isn't new. This is a lot of, uh, of, uh, of righteous men and women uh, have been endowed with priesthood power in, in the past. We read about them in the scriptures all over the place. And, uh, and it's no different in our day. Uh, but in, in Jacob 4, we read this. Jacob describes uh, his day and, and his experience with the priesthood. He says, this is Jacob 4, verses 6 and 7. Wherefore, we search the prophets, and we have many revelations, and the spirit of prophecy. And having all these witnesses, we obtain a hope, and our faith becometh unshaken. Insomuch that we truly can command in the name of Jesus, and the very trees obey us, or the mountains, or the waves of the sea. Nevertheless, the Lord God showeth us our weakness, that we may know that it is by his grace and his great condescensions unto the children of men that we have power to do these things. That's a great summary, uh, that, that if the Lord wills it, he can give us power uh, over the elements of the earth and, and to do great and mighty works. And it is my testimony that he will in coming days when President Nelson says, that the Lord will perform some of his mightiest miracles between now and when the Savior returns. Those miracles will be done, uh, some by him directly, but many, many mighty miracles will be done by his servants who are willing and who are prepared. Uh, may that be you, uh, is, is my prayer and hope. And I, I testify to you that the power of the priesthood is real, uh, that the keys of the priesthood reside uh, within uh, the Lord's restored church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the power of the priesthood is available uh, to all of his covenant people uh, who uh, have have made covenants and who are striving to keep covenants and who repent uh, daily and or frequently. And, um, and, and the Lord will do miracles in your personal life, in your family life, uh, things that may be uh, small to the to the world, but may uh, be life changing or life saving uh, to you and and those in your immediate circle of influence. Uh, so please 
obey this counsel and, and go to the Lord and ask to be taught and and repent now, whatever it is that, uh, that might block uh, priesthood power from flowing uh, into your life, repent and 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 get your your life in order. And and you don't have to live flawlessly, but you have to live faithfully, uh, where you are are striving the best that you can to be obedient to every word that is spoken to you by the power of the Spirit. And that you, when you fall short, that you're quick to repent, and and seek to have the Spirit with you. And if you will do that, you will walk with the Savior, Jesus Christ, and you will be able to do his work and respond uh, to his commands. And you will have great, great joy in doing this uh, in this life and through the eternities. And I testify of these truths and do so in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen.